It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Our Representative Scott Perry from Pennsylvania's 10th Congressional District, General, Congressman, and I dare say private, great journey for you, uh, House Freedom Caucus, as we talk about pushing fear over freedom today from your Democrat colleagues, from Democrats and the left, how do we work to push freedom and do it with policy? Well, David, first of all, thanks so much for the opportunity. I'm a longtime fan and admirer of, of your courage and your work. Uh, look, we, we, the, the, the right, so to speak, if you want to call it that, the Freedom Caucus, Republicans, if you will, need to stand up for the things they believe in and, and, and make them worthy of the votes that we take and the rhetoric that comes out of our mouths. And we can't just talk the talk. I think that so many Americans are disaffected. They're disappointed. They're tired of the Republican Party that talks the talk but never wants to walk the walk. Um, look, it, it takes sacrifice. It takes um, it being willing to take the hits. But if, if you ran for public office, if you ran for these positions, you have to know that comes with the territory. And if you ran uh, for Congress or state representative or state senator or governor or something just to be there, we need you to take a step aside and let somebody that's willing to do the hard things get in and do them. You know, Ron DeSantis was a founding member of the Freedom Caucus. Now, that's not often publicized because, of course, the reviled Freedom Caucus, those who hold not only the left accountable, but also the right accountable. You know, there's a lot of people that uh, don't have any interest in promoting that message. But you can see what's happening in Florida. I mean, I literally talk to constituents every single day in my district in, in South Central Pennsylvania that are considering moving to Florida. And I think to myself, you know, look, Ron's a friend. He's a personal friend. We love what he's doing, but he's not going to be the governor forever. But what he is doing is showing Republicans. And and quite honestly, as you know, President Trump showed Republicans the way. But what comes with that is, of course, angering the left and and uh, and they play dirty and uh, and they play for keeps. If, if, that, if that's too much for you, if you can't handle the, the heat, then, you, you know, it's time to leave the kitchen. There are others that want to handle the heat that can handle it. Let them take over. But we've got a lot of folks that like being in the position, but, uh, you know, and they like talking the talk. But when it comes to walking the walk, boy, that's, that's, where, that's where we cut the wheat from the chaff. So now comes the the how question, how to move forward on this. It's likely, based on the current events, the current view of politics, that the Republicans will retake the House. Six seats, uh, I believe now really five seats in play, as another Democrat has opened up the possibility in New York, uh, Tom Scuzo, of a challenge in that seat. But the how matters. If the Republicans were to retake, the how requires a spine. And understandably, as you've outlined, we're concerned out here that they will not follow through or, to be fair, be allowed to follow through by the current leadership. Both those elements, you know, leadership and follow through. How does this get done? Well, that's that's exactly right. And uh, I think one of the ways it can be done is, is that there have to 
there has to be a more active role by the membership themselves. And this is a little inside baseball, but um, that, that, that requires changing the rules of the operation in Congress. So right now the Democrats have the place locked down. You can't offer amendments on hardly on, on anything. Nothing, very little comes through committee. It comes right out of the leadership bypasses committee, comes right to the floor. Of course, we're all opposed to that now. But I can tell you, we're going to have to be opposed to that when we take over because, you know, obviously leadership on either side of the aisle loves complete control. This isn't about complete control. This is about citizen control. And so we must demand and we must find a way to force uh, the, the, the circumstance where members are participating fully, which means you're going to lose a couple battles. But we can't have leadership um, – you oftentimes doesn't have the best interest of the citizenry involved. They have different calculations, whether it's donors or whether it's uh, special interest groups or what have you that are, that are pounding the table every day. Uh, we appreciate their input, but the citizens are running this country, or at least that's how it has to be. So we've got to get to a point where, uh, where the representatives are not only in charge of the internal workings of Congress, but they're but that their their bosses, the citizens of the United States, are holding them accountable, and and that means looking at every single vote and questioning why you did it. You know, we just had a vote recently, and there's a lot of turmoil within the conference. Some voted yes, some voted no, and people are saying these are long-standing long-standing programs in the states, and we're just. We're just going to, you know, help help make sure they're secure. And my question is, is what does anything of that have to do with the Constitution? You raised your hand and said you would uh, protect and uh, defend the Constitution of the United States. And while that might seem like a nice thing to do and it's been done in the past or what have you, none of that answers the constitutional question. I think Americans want to see Republicans uphold their duty and their oath to the Constitution, and they want them to do something, not just sit on their hands and hold the territory. They want to see them do what the Democrats do, advance, take territory, take things back that have been taken from Americans, take our freedoms back, take our liberties back, take our rights back. They want to see a, a Republican Party that is proactive, that is active, that doesn't just sit on its hand, but stands for something and then does something about it. That's what has to happen. Or we're just going to have a two-term stint in the majority and we're going to lose it again. We can't, our, our slogan can't be vote for us because we're not as bad as the Democrats. That cannot be our slogan. We have to give uh, citizens a reason to vote for us. It has to be proactive it has to, we have to tell them what we're going to do and then we absolutely must go do it i'm a big fan as i believe you know of putting our own house in order and you alluded to some of that earlier representative perry one of the problems in the republican party leadership structure is raising money for committee assignments for committee seats and there's a price this has gone on for decades now. It has not been changed by a Republican speaker or Republican leadership. Is there any substantial effort or movement underway? Because to use you as the example, you started out as a private in the U.S. Army. You retired, correct me if I'm wrong, a brigadier general. 
you worked your way through and earned those that star rather. And in the Congress right now, on the Republican side, Democrats do what they will. You have to raise money for committee assignments. And I know people in Congress, not in positions of leadership, with skills that need to be in leadership, whether it be from private sector or another particular background. Is that something the House Freedom Caucus will push for, can push for? Do we have a shot at that? That's absolutely one of the things that we're looking at, David. Uh, And I'm just going to give you the prime example. If you look at recently, within the last month or so, the 13 uh, Republican Party members, and I don't like to air our dirty laundry in public, but I think this is relatively widely known at this point, so I want to highlight the circumstance. 13 voted in favor of what was so-called an infrastructure package, which which then opened the door for the reconciliation package, essentially, uh, essentially socializing. Uh, America. And of those 13, I think probably 10 or 11 are either ranking members on committees or subcommittees or in leadership. You will find no, hardly anybody in Freedom Caucus in that circumstance. That absolutely has to change. Uh, this, uh, this fealty that has to be given in either financially or in votes, um, to get on the right committees. It's, it's the, one of the reasons why it's part of the rot of Washington, D.C., in both parties, and it's why we get the policies that we get. So you put a person in a marginal district, right? They've got to raise a bunch of money to get, uh, to get reelected in that district. Since they're raising a bunch of money, they can donate a bunch of money to the cause, so to speak. Once they're donating a bunch of money to the cause and voting the right way, then they get in positions of leadership, and you, and it just the cycle repeats itself of of people that should be center right offering center left policy. That's how it happens in Washington D.C. That's why people don't understand. We elected these people. They say they're Republicans. They say they're center right, but yet we keep on having leftist policies. It's because the the center left of the Republican Party is literally running the policy. And the center right of the Republican Party can't get into positions. The structure is set up to disallow them to be in positions to influence that. That is uh, that is squarely uh, in our uh, in on our sights right now. We are we are focused on that. We are planning for that. We are planning on trying to change that. You know, in February of next year, in the third week, I'll be in Washington, D.C. for a week. I'll be giving a speech on Veterans Affairs issues. It's legislative week for the state directors of Veterans Affairs. And I'll also be there to meet with and speak with a number of Republican Party officials, elected or otherwise. At that time, I'll invite you to come on and see where the House Freedom Caucus is on this issue. If we don't take the leadership to task on this, and as they push to take over in November with the votes of the American people, then like we had during the Ryan leadership or prior speakers, nothing will happen. And this has got to be a push. We've got to get our house in order so that we can go out and fight the Democrats. The, the political hypocrisy uh, and the behavior has got to change, uh, Congressman. It's got to change. Yeah, we can't, we can't just walk the walk. We absolutely have to talk the talk. And as President Trump found out, and many people will say this, this is a common phrase, but personnel is policy. 
And it doesn't it's it's no different for elected officials in Congress or in leadership in either house. Whoever the person is, their policy is going to come with them. Their strongly held beliefs, their foundation is going to come with them. If we continue to send uh, people from marginal districts that continue to have to compromise with the left to get reelected, what kind of po- if we continue to put those people in leadership, it's pretty obvious what kind of policy you're going to get out of that. That's it's pretty, it's a pretty easy equation. It's not easy to change, and we're going to need all hands on deck. And that means the citizenry. That means our bosses must demand these changes. Representative Scott Perry, member of the House Freedom Caucus from Pennsylvania's 10th District. Uh, We need action in D.C., to say the least. I know it's a commonly used statement, and I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you. You can join me live on The David Webb Show, Monday to Friday, 9 to noon East, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.